North Otago. It's rich in history and strong in character. And you have found the podcast that celebrates all that is good within our district. Join Gary and Damien every week as they either interview a legend or someone who is putting North Otago on the map yet again. North Otago legends, up-and-comers, and a bit of history. The name says it all. Hello again, Damien. Glorious day, Gary. Always is. North Otago. Absolutely. Another wonderful day on Waitaki. Yeah. Hey, just want to apologise to any listeners, because we did have a wee, uh, wee break. It just things got busy there. And um, thank you to all the people who have been reminding me down the street that uh, we're behind in our podcast. But we've caught up now, and hopefully we'll have them right up till Christmas. Is that our guarantee, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's brave. Yeah, um, yeah no, certainly the intention. The so, intention. Yeah, no, if we can get people lined up, we, we'll, yeah. we'll make the time. And, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, get that through there. If we get a few uh, in reserve, it might even go into the new year for a wee bit. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, and um, that would be good. So to help us, if you are enjoying, if you're listening, give us some more names with the details of people to ring. That makes it so much easier for Gary and I when I ring someone up and go, hey, you've been dobbed in, we'd love to have you on the podcast um, it's got that connection. So give us some names and some contacts and we'll get them on the podcast as long as they're North Otago, born and raised, or done something great in the community. All right, Gary? Absolutely. Today's guest is exciting. Yes, international like, guest. International guest, but exciting, exciting. Just what she has achieved from a young girl in North Otago to the heights of the world and what she does, mm. it's fantastic. It is it is, is it? Yeah, absolutely. It's inspiring, isn't it? Yes. It is. Yeah. Well, I'll let you introduce. Yeah, no, it was, it, with great pleasure, uh, do welcome Sini Nolpo to the studio. Um, so welcome, Sini. Oh, thank you so much, Damien and Gary, uh, for having me. And firstly, you know, Zalofa Lava, Manu Lilei, Nisa Bulvanaka, Kiora, and hello everyone listening. It really is an honour and privilege to be in this room with you two guys. You've been so welcoming. Yeah. Thank you. No, thank you very much. Sydney, look, I'm, I've been excited to have you on the podcast, but mainly it's because um, my wife knows you and respects you and where you've gone in your rugby circles, so she's been excited about listening to you, so that's made me excited. And when I rang her today and said, you're coming in, she she's really looking forward to listening to um, this podcast. And to a lot of people, um, you are a bit of a hero or a bit of um, someone that has achieved so much from where you've started. So let's go right back to the start. Were you born in North Otago? Are you an Omaru girl? Oh, thanks, Damien. Uh, Jacinta is just wonderful, isn't she? I was born in Wellington yeah. and then we moved down south. Pretty much grew up in Omaru since I was two years old. So pretty much an Omaruvian yeah. and um, a proud Omaruvian at that. So yeah, uh, and Jacinta, I uh, I had looked up to her for many years as a young girl, yeah. uh, watching her play touch, uh, play alongside with her with rugby, and um, it was actually you know role models like that back in the day that encouraged me to sort of take up the sport and then stay in the sport. So you know, acknowledge back in the day the Whitestone Forty Fivers and other likes of Bronwyns and your Ellie. Um, there's so many wonderful women here still here in Omru, and some have moved on. Yeah. They have huge inspirations to me. Yeah. And um, that's the thing coming through with some of our girls. You know, even though you're, you know, in North Otago, there's still those opportunities 
And um, we've gone had people gone on to be helicopter pilots or win Miss New Zealand, and yourself go on to internationally play sport. Um, so let's you moved here at two, um, big family. Tell us a little bit about the family. Yeah, um, I'm the youngest of four siblings. Yeah, and uh, my mum Toyafiafi, she she raised us four kids, and uh, my auntie Senatima, who was very very fortunate to to be in the country and to be at the actual ceremony when she received from Gary and uh, my sister Hannah, who also yeah. works with Gary, yeah. um, her citizenship award. So yeah. it's actually a really special moment. But, uh, yep, so my mum raised the four of us and yeah. um, and my auntie Demer and her kids as well who were very close to, yeah. and, uh, you know, my cousin Ralph also kept in North Otago for a number of years, so we're very connected in the community and sports. I uh, didn't know that arena here. That's yeah. someone we need to get on the podcast as well. So have a wee word to him. I'd say Ralph yeah. Darling would love that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm on North Eighty, and uh, I was actually with the kids at Touch last night. Yeah, and that was really special because it almost is, uh, you wow. know, full circle. Would have brought back memories. One hundred percent. And yeah. I was actually so excited, so happy walking through the the gates on the Excelsior entrance way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Firstly, walking through the whole of Centennial Park, yeah. I my heart was so full yeah. because the pictures were just full of kids. And back in the day when I was growing up, it wasn't that full. Yeah. And to see that come to where it is was just magical. And it actually those sorts of things make um, this trip so much more meaningful. And a lot more girls playing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, you 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 grew up here. Your mum raised you. You, you went, which schools did you go to? So I was. Uh, we had a language nest. So my mum and my auntie and the Pacific Island community group back in the day um, had started this language nest. So when I was, it's kind of like our preschool, but we learned different cultures. Then I went to. Then I was at North School. Right. Yeah, North School, and I reckon I met you there as the photographer. One of the. Uh, yes. What <laughs> of two? It was yes, a, probably when I was very young, uh, working as a photographer, and we yeah we did the school photos. It was brilliant. Right. I actually remember very vividly. I was thinking, oh, this was actually really fun. You've made it. You <laughs> made it so. It was so. You made it great, and we're all fun and smiley. And I actually remember that. It's funny, you probably don't realise, but kids remember that forever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Know? Oh, that, that's cool to hear. So thank mm. you for that. Um, yeah, and, and, yeah, North School was my old school as well. So, um, you know, it was always great going back there and, you know, what it, going, doing all the photos and things. Um, so, yeah, did, what, any special memories from primary school? Um, yeah, primary school, uh, North, North School Intermediate. Um, special memories were... Um, that I went, I got to go to school with my sister Sina. Mm. My older siblings, Hannah and Ali, were older that I didn't get to go to school in that same yeah. five yeah. year period. Um, but that was, yeah, I loved sort of, you know, having a bigger sister at the school. Yeah. Um, so Sina was great. So that was probably one of my favourite memories uh, in general. Yeah. yeah. So very good. how many Pacifica would have been at the school in those days? Or probably just my sister and I. Yeah. <laughs> No, um, probably a couple of the odd, you know, yeah. um, and to see that to where it is now yeah. is just, um, mm. yeah, it's a sign of the times really, isn't it? Yeah. Just a, yeah, I mean, it's been a transformation for the district really and, um, you know, particularly in Omaru where we've got so many Pacifica uh, um, people now and, you know, and it's really added to the place, you know, it's not only, you know, Providing workers and so on into the, 
community and helping the economy, but it's the whole cultural yeah. thing. And that's something that, you know, increasingly we're embracing. And I think that's really cool. And your, your mum played such a big role in, you know, those early days of developing that foundation, I think, which sort of made, you know, a lot of that happen. So between your mum and Tima and, and the others, they did a wonderful job. Oh, thanks, Gary. Um, yeah, they, they did. And we often reflect as a family and a community as to where it started and um, and ultimately, you know, contributing to the community and, yeah. you know, just being good people in general, regardless of yeah. your background. And yeah. it's just more about having the environment for anyone, whatever ethnicity you are, to thrive. Yeah. So having that uh, cultural capability, I suppose, and cultural awareness I think your leadership has just been wonderful, Gary. It's been really important for the community to engage and embrace with and uh, to open yeah. their minds and hearts to yeah. to what's happening. And I actually will touch on it later when we speak about the World Cup. I know you mentioned yeah. before, but certainly from a broadcast perspective, um, official numbers come in in a day or two, but they are pretty confident to say in that last game, for example, we broke the record pretty much most weeks, but the last week – probably over 1.5, 1.6 million watched that, yeah. and 76.8% were Pacific Island and Māori. Wow. So that's uh, why visibility matters, and it's just why it's so important that mm. communities and towns and cities and countries embrace the reality that that is who was watching, that's who was engaged. That's fantastic. Well, it's about it's young people getting... Yeah. You know, get, getting their aspiration, you know, seeing, seeing you know, other people's dreams come true and knowing that, you know, hey, maybe their dreams can come true. And, you know, that, that's pretty cool. So, you know, we were saying about walking through and, you know, the Centennial Park, so many more, uh, you know, girls playing and Pacifica um, youth playing and so on. So, yeah, it's it's just, you know, there's a whole nother area of uh, the community that, that can add their talents and, and actually make contributions. So that's, that's really good. Yeah, absolutely. It's an exciting time for New Zealand in general and then the impact it has on towns. For example, I know we just had the World Cup recently for rugby, but there's also cricket, football. There's uh, there's a few of the pinnacle events that yeah. are in New Zealand, so we're really fortunate for the next two years to have that. So it's just around making sure infrastructure is there to support when the kids want to give it a go, that yeah. it's available. So that's why it's just wonderful we have facilities like Centennial Park and potentially whatever might happen in the future. And that's probably another good nod to the stadium as well that we want to um, build because to keep that flow on through where the children in North Otago have the best facilities, that, that means that they can go on to be future rugby champions or cricket or netball champions in their time as well. So 100%. it's really good. So what sports did you start playing when you were at North School? Oh, I played like T-ball. We had yeah. T-ball at lunchtimes, cricket, uh, volleyball, softball. Or touch pretty much all the sports. Yeah. Hockey. Yeah. I was absolutely terrible at it, but I played hockey, uh, basketball. Yeah. A little bit of netball. Tried everything. So mm. my understanding, your family was pretty sporty. Is that right, or were you the sporty one? And I know your brother was sporty. He was amazing footballer who also <laughs> played rugby. But um, was the rest of the family into their sports, or did you just have a um, a special talent there that you love to get out and try everything. Oh, I didn't think I was talented at all. I just think I was might have been a bit of a tomboy. I am um, <laughs> yeah. growing up. We we uh, you know single mum of four kids. Yeah. Very small house, yeah. huge backyard. Yeah. So huge space for us to run around. Yeah. And that's what I loved. I just naturally kind of wanted to get outside and 
I run around bare feet with my cousins Wayne, Ralph, Manulua, Ali, my yeah. brother, my yeah. older brother. Um, so I literally just, I just naturally kind of gravitated to yeah. whatever they were doing. They were playing cricket or touch and would have sprint races. And ironically, Sina would be the fastest of all of us. And I'd just be like undercover really fast. Like yeah. Hannah would Yeah. Yeah, Hannah would be an amazing softballer, very fast pitcher. Um yeah, and obviously Wayne and Ralph and Lua played rugby North Targa, Ali played rugby North Targa. So yeah, relatively active family. Yeah. 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 No, and and yeah, because I, I guess um Traditionally, netball would have been the winter sport for, for most girls, but um, you, you'd tried all these different things. And, and yeah, so so which ones you know, did you represent um, the school at? Uh, you know, what, what did you play through? Because you then went to Waitaki Girls? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what, what, tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, when I was at uh, after intermediate school, um, went to Waitaki Girls, and my first sort of love was basketball, actually. Yeah. yeah, my first love was basketball, and I remember very vividly um, when I had the opportunity to make the New Zealand Koru team. So I remember I was vice captain for that team. I was like 13 years old. I was an under-14s mm. New Zealand Koru team, and we'd go to Brisbane, wow. Gold Coast, to play yeah. against the Australian Koru teams, you know. Yeah. Brian DeGeese, the DeGeese family, mm-hmm. Sue, yeah. Carol, yeah. all of them, Um Shaz, Irina, that whole cohort of basketball people, they, I'm going to start crying, they were excellent. They, they, yeah, I remember being a young sort of 12, 13 year old girl playing like uh, in women's teams, you know, just because there wasn't many other teams that Mm. I could play for. Unless it was Waitaki Girls as a as a school team, which was, which was really cool. Mr. Selby was our coach and he was awesome. Um, but yeah, I remember Brian DeGeese would always do, uh, train me on, like he knew that I had the opportunity and he knew that, uh, you know, my mum's very busy with the four kids and we're doing our own thing. And he came out, you know, on his own time to help me get my skills up to scratch. And I remember going to Aussie and him and his family were over and Aussie come to visit me (laughs) knowing that my mum couldn't come over, you know, those little things, um, and then just being in that environment from such a young age, I actually, I loved it. That was my first taste of high performance wow. as a yeah. kid, you know, or that that kind of high performance. So then I um, I loved basketball for that, stayed again, and then I made the, the next age group again. Yeah. Went over to Australia again. And, and I think that's where my first exposure to how I felt, yeah, I, I can – I, I can believe I believed in myself that I can give a go for sports and just sort of be the best person I can. Yeah. I genuinely think it's just that supportive environment back in the day from basketball is mm. what has helped me. But that's so good to hear about a community in our community which we're celebrating talking about this podcast. Got round a young girl, you know, with who was raised by a solo mother in a in a in a town and they seen some in her that she had a passion and a dream and people like Brian DeGeese is absolutely amazing got around you and helped that dream come true it's just and look at where you've gone to you've gone you know you've travelled the world haven't you oh thanks for even just inviting me on the show for that exact just appreciation and acknowledgement for the community like yeah. the community connection 
those two of a few other things, probably one of my biggest, biggest um, key values and assets that I've had. Community and connection. Yeah. yeah. In Irish, the, the three C's, if you, if, four C's, it would be community, connection, obviously courage, and then crack. In Ireland, we say have the crack. It's yeah. like have fun. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to get on to the rugby because that's probably how you're most well-known nowadays. But um, so where did that start? Was it um, as a high school girl again, You they needed someone for the team or you knew you could take down Ali and Ralph in the backyard? <laughs> and, and you weren't afraid of anyone else on the field? or Oh, um, speaking of Ali and Ralph, actually, I remember we used to play uh, rugby league in the backyard and I used to think the word was held. H E L D, mm-hmm. and I kept saying how how, and they'd always yell at me, going it's how. Anyway, um, so um, how did I get into rugby? Yeah, a student teacher. No, she wasn't a student teacher. She she came from uh, Otago and came into Waitaki Girls. Her name was Annalia Rush, and she was a black friend at the time. And I was such a nerd because I was quite like I knew different players. Yeah. And I knew she was a black fan. No one in the class knew. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Standing in a rush. <laughs> yeah. Like, no one knew. So I didn't really say it. I just in my head. So then she ended up sort of guest coaching our team. Yeah. So that's how I actually, I just wanted to go along. Yeah. And then just really enjoyed it. Um, at the time, Alison Banks as well. She, yes, Alison. Yeah. She was She's another one, like a Brian De Geest mm-hmm. herself. And, oh, she was phenomenal for us growing up and yeah. personally for me too in a number of ways. So she also kind of, you know, was encouraging me to give it a go. And, and you know, I just loved it. Uh, it was different to netball, obviously. Yeah. Also loved netball. I was very, very um, privileged to have had Georgia Salter, yep. the late Georgia Salter. Yes. Yeah, the late Georgia yeah. Salter helped me. She was wonderful as well yeah. to us as a family. Um yeah. Yeah, so a number of different types of sports to get involved in. But rugby was, you know, one of the things I wanted to give a go. And also because I used to watch Ali play for old boys and uh, North Otago. I used to watch him in the stands and I used to go along because my mum wanted to go along and auntie and everyone. So I didn't really, like, know about, you know, just go along. It's the thing to do at the weekends. Mm. And it wasn't after watching a few games and then thinking, oh, this is actually cool, you know, just, just to go. Yeah. And then I remember the more I went, the more I got interested in the rugby yeah. as opposed to the atmosphere. Yeah. And then I remember sitting in the stands and Ali, this is going to sound so weird, Ali reminded me of like a Carlos Spencer yeah. back in the day. He really did. And I remember mm-hmm. he did this dummy kick and then he went to score under the post and they won the game. And I was like, it's my brother. Yeah. That's <laughs> my brother. Yeah. He just got the community on their feet. Yeah. Pretty pretty amazing. Game over. I was like, yeah. I want to be like that. You want to be like that. Yeah. 100%. And yeah. that was the moment. And then and then then that's when Emily Rush came to the school. Yeah. So I was like, oh, cool, cool. But back then I was quite like, sorry, I'm talking lots here. But no, back then I didn't really. I was shy. and But my brother, knowing just, you know, we, we were raised different to other Yep. kids in the class who would, you know, parents and just wonderful. We had a wonderful upbringing in our own way. Challenges, obviously. Yeah. My incredible mum from, and Hannah made it public as well. Mm. It was her story to tell. It was never mine to tell. But my mum came from a woman's refuge. You know, we, mm. we've gone through all of that. And, um, yeah, so that sort of opportunity to kind of 
you know, go for it. And, and rugby was one of the things I wanted to give a go. I was just like, oh, cool. Mm. That's such an amazing it's, story. Yeah. I mean, being inspired by your brother because, you know, that whole thing of going from he's the kid you're you kicking around the backyard with to, you know, he's someone who actually the, the whole community is loving, you know, what he's doing. Um, then you got into into playing and, you know, at what point did you, was it identified that actually, hey, there's, he's someone with some real talent who's going to go some places? Um. Good question, because I never thought of myself as talented at all. Never thought of myself as that. I just loved it, and I knew that I loved it when I had the ball in my hands. Yeah. That's all I wanted. And then defensively, I'd make the tackles because I want the ball. Yeah. Um, that's all I was thinking. Uh, I went to the Otago Sports Institute for basketball, and oh. then it wasn't until you know Otago University and the other teams asked me to go over and – um, Leonard King was excellent in the basketball space. Mm-hmm, Obviously, yeah. everyone knows Leonard King. Yeah. We're so blessed with all these incredible yeah, right. yeah. people that have been in yourselves, even both of you in this room. Um, so he he was excellent from the basketball perspective. But, yeah, rugby was knocking there, Otago Spirit as a squad. Um, and so then I, I actually then, yeah, decided to go back to rugby, even though I was there for basketball. So I, I had completed that and then gone to rugby and then, made a proper goal of it. The other thing though also was I was really conscious that I knew there were more opportunities to play rugby at the time and basketball um, at the time infrastructure wasn't as strong and for different motivations that athletes might have, my other motivation is that I wanted to be the best. I wanted to just make the teams the thing but basketball, a lot of people were going to America. Yeah. Or, or they'd stay and you'd have to be in the top kind of in Auckland to go and play for New Zealand, you know, those sorts of mm. things. So rugby was the better option for me at the well, time. There's more pathways for rugby, you feel? Uh, yes and no. Yeah, there's yeah. like, to be honest, like, I mean, there's some wonderful opportunities to properly develop pathways here yeah. in New Zealand, which is the other ironic thing. We're yeah. world champs, but we've been relying on expect the cream of the crop. Yeah. And, you know, the way that the game's going globally, you can't afford to do that. But at the time... Yep. I was exposed to that environment, so yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll give it a go. Awesome. So you're playing for University or the Targo Spirit down there, and so you obviously played in the um, national competition, mm. and you guys had a good year? Or how uh, did you go? We um, we never won it. Like Back then, Storm always won it, yep. uh, but I absolutely loved my time. I had about maybe six seasons with the Spirit team, um, and then Otago University Blues yep. for a number of years. Um yeah, that was just, the, they were brilliant times. And I've just made lifelong friends through rugby from since I was young, right up until then. Yeah. And at the World Cup, it was just such a, a cathartic <laughs> experience, I suppose, yeah. if that's the right word. All of the girls, because I didn't tell you know, that I was doing the broadcast, you know, I just think, <laughs> ping, ping, ping. Yeah. You know, oh, you know, <laughs> come and see us. We just built a house. Come, come stay with us. So I had like, you know, I was telling my mum, oh, but I'll go to your house, Mum. Don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> no. But um, but it's just yeah, it's those sorts of people before the player, person yeah. before the team, and those sorts of things that really make it pretty special and meaningful as a journey. So, what, what positions did you play? Or did you stick to one position over the years? I uh, I wanted to be like my brother, so I was ten. I wanted yeah. to be uh, half first five, but I'd like between centre. Um, uh, my first games for 45ers was 13 
12, 13. And mm-hmm. then I, when I was in Otago, they put me at 10. So just sort of a 10. It was only really 12 when I moved to Ireland, to be honest. Yeah. Right. Mm. So you were doing kicking? Um, <laughs> you know, I have no idea how I've lasted so long in this <laughs> career as a player and I don't even kick very well. I've got, I've got a few dinks, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So there's an interesting story, and that's where we really need to get to. So you were in New Zealand system for rugby. You were playing, you know, representing your province, and now you're an Irish international. Like, how did that happen? That's, you know. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Because it's, it's bizarre, you know what I mean? You just... I am just... Oh, I can't even express how just grateful I am for the opportunity that I had to even leave the country. It's not very often, you know, you have opportunities to support your loved ones and achieve their dreams. You know, I I was very grateful at the time when I was married, at the time I was married to a professional rugby player and he had an opportunity to move to Ireland for for a short-term gig. But we had actually planned to go to Japan for two years. And that short-term gig was six months and then we'd go to Kobe in Japan. Yeah. And uh, we went to Ireland and fell in love with the place. It was just reminded me of here, Omaru, Omaru, Dunedin, Wellingtonish. That vibe yeah. kind of reminded me of that. And we just immersed ourselves and yeah, and ended up uh, seeing if we could get out of the Japan contract. But it was obviously a blessing to go there. So we went there for a year and managed to come back to Ireland. But um, on residency, I was very fortunate to have the opportunity to represent Ireland. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it really, really, I genuinely was really important for me personally that, and as a, a family at the time, that um, we immersed ourselves in the community. Like that was, if I didn't genuinely have a sense and understanding of Ireland and its people and its just different ranges of walks of life, yeah. there's no way I was going to let myself go and represent Ireland, you know? So it took a number of years um, to, you know, properly and genuinely, organically um, immerse myself, to be honest, in all different areas. Um, Just loved to get involved with charities and organisations. I managed to start a business there and then we sold it, you know, a few years later, which is is great. And just managed to experience all those wonderful things, meet incredible people, young and old. Um, And then I was like, yeah. That's what I want to represent. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, just really fortunate that uh, got to do the fifteens thing and the the sevens thing as well, and and uh, earn a naturalisation, which is the citizenship for for Ireland. Right. And, uh, get a passport for Ireland as well. Yeah, because it was always a challenge. Yeah. What what are the criteria for for playing for a country like that? And, and is is it the same for women as it is for men? Is it, you know, to represent? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, okay. uh, it's, it's it was different then. Yeah, it's five years for um, residency and uh, five okay. years for for a passport in Ireland. Different countries are different. Yeah, yeah. So were there any? I mean, fantastic getting on the Irish team, but yeah, you know, were there any thoughts about yeah you know, whether you were going to come back to New Zealand, get on the Black Ferns, or, or was it actually you're just so in love with the place, you want to stay there, you want to play for them? What, what was going through your mind over those time, that time? 
Uh, there are a number of factors. Um, one, first of all, I didn't think I was going to ever play rugby again because I thought I had retired. <laughs> Back <laughs> then, right? when I was like, well, no, 27, 28, I thought I had retired. And I went over there and I just played it to meet friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just to get involved there. And then my business at the time was like a fitness business. So I felt actually really, I felt good, like fit. So I was thinking, I'll give it a go. And then then I saw an ad for Talent ID for Sevens and just gave it a crack. And then the rest is history, really. I just had to, um, what's the word? Yeah, make sure I was coachable and learn things all over again. Yep. Very good. It's it's amazing just where you've come from, so from North Otago to end up in an island and then making friends, you've got your business, and then there's the knock on the door, would you want to come trial for Ireland? How did that come about? Did they just, you know, were you, did you put your name in the hat or did they come and knock on your door and say, come on? What, what sort of level were you playing at yeah. for oh, them to notice you? Yeah. There's definitely no knocking on the door. It's <laughs> definitely like I was – I saw an ad there, um, and there were a few things as well, just to give you context. Yeah. I obviously grew up very sporty yeah. and um, was grateful for different types of opportunities at different levels. Um, and then I had a bit of a, a health, you know, uh, issue for a few years. So yeah. when I had made the comeback and made the decision as a family at the time to give it a real go, yeah. there were factors including, you know, I've done all this work since I was young, you know, yeah. and I don't want to waste it. Yeah. So that was part of my motivation as well, was my community and the family. Wow. What it took, like, you know, who was there to help me and get to this. So yeah. I had an opportunity here in Ireland where my husband at the time was, he was playing the house down for Connacht. So I knew we're going to stay there. So, you know, uh, so well. just yeah. had to, um, you know, be realistic about where we are, where we are. Uh, you know, we love the place. Yeah. That's our new home. Go for it. All in. That's my personality, mm, yeah. you know. So, yeah, that's what happened. Saw an ad for Sevens, gave it a go. But I went in there, like, head down, just didn't say much, just chip away, yeah. you know, earn the right. That sort of attitude it was always humble, earn the right, do the work, unseen work, yeah. do my best to just, you know, be better than anyone else in my position, just do the basics well. And then it just kind of came after that. I wasn't eligible to play for a good few years, but the people will think I'm an absolute insane person because I had two years to qualify, but I stayed in the training program. So I trained, I'd drive up to, to Dublin a few days a week, weekends, to stay in the program. Yeah. I could play the emerging tournaments and those sorts of things, but no official caps yeah. until I was eligible. And then the, the month, the year that I became eligible, then I, I got to earn the right to, to play a cap and not many people know that but I I was glad that I never gave up and that's part of yeah. that whole kind of thing and then so from that that's where yeah I was like it was worth it and I keep going keep going and then now my work off the pitch is, is um, there's no way I'd be able to perform my the work that I've been doing off the pitch yeah. if it wasn't for um just the opportunity to become a triple Irish international and touch sevens and fifteens. Oh, triple, right? Didn't know that, Gary. No. <laughs> so That's what comes first to touch the sevens or the fifteens? Um, fifteens, sevens, and then touch World Cup was my last. Right. Yeah. That's incredible. Mm. Do you after you look back and go, wow, how did this all pan out? From a young girl who'd played in her backyard and 
you know, with their big brother and cousins. And now I've been blessed, you know, what an amazing journey I've been on. There's a term in, and there's a term in uh, our rugby 15s where you do a cold review and a hot review. So yeah. if, when you're in your moment, so in the game, you know, yeah. if, you, if a play happened and you're like, yeah, good decision, but didn't execute it, or yeah, good decision, executed, awesome. Yeah. Hot review? Yeah. Cold review, you do it after the game, 24 hours, 48 yeah. hours, cold review. Yeah. You can do an individual or a unit one and yeah. a team one. I always, cold review, yeah. always, yeah. after each campaign, and always I reflect on, yeah, it's because of where I came from. Yeah. Mm. 100%. Yeah. 100%. It was all connection, community. Yeah. Courage. Yeah. So you, you, you're over the other side of the world, um, yeah, getting and yeah, really achieving stuff. Did did the was the opportunity for family to share and then did any family get over to you or you know how, what was the you're obviously very close. So mm. how, how did you keep that connection? Oh, we are, and uh, one regret of like my siblings is that they weren't able to come to the World Cup in in Ireland, but I did have family come over for for me, and I had family there at, at the time. My um, uh, ex husband. And so, and that was wonderful and just special at that, that time too. But um, yeah, family did come and visit throughout the time we were there. Yeah. And yeah, no, they are fiercely proud and, and uh, huge supporters in their own way. Yeah, they so, would yeah. be. Mm. Well, we certainly saw how passionate and, and uh, loyal the Samoan people are when <laughs> over the weekend when, uh, with the rugby league. There was a massive display of loyalty to the team um, and just so passionate about, about sport and so on. And, um, yeah, it, it, it's so good to see, you know, because, you know, I think I think as, as Pākehā um, New Zealanders, we, we tend to be pretty conservative and so on and, you know, the, the colour, the, the noise that's added uh, with the Pacifica community is, is really cool. And, you know, that just reverberates in all of these things. Oh, absolutely, Gary. And I love how you always just, both of you and, and and many others, just always sort of take a breath and you always seem to acknowledge it's okay to learn about new cultures, you know. And then for everyone to learn about everything and anyone, because at the end of the day it's about people. Everything is about people. Yeah, Getting anything done is about people, managing people, uh, ensuring the environment for people to thrive and all that. But... um. One thing you say about, say, Samoan culture, and you're absolutely right, with all Pacific Island cultures, but we mentioned the World Cup, and I will acknowledge it because that's what brought me here. Yeah. Um, and ironically, I left the shores as a rugby wife and I came back as a rugby expert. <laughs> I would never have thought that in a million years, and yeah. I'm extremely grateful to Spark Sport and 3 New Zealand and, yeah. and, uh, and the team there for – anyway. But um, one of the other things from a cultural perspective that I was just blown away and I learnt – I was like, this is makes me proud to be from New Zealand. As in the World Cup, no one would have, I'm not sure how many people would have picked it up unless you understood it, but I had to learn the haka. Yeah. The 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 haka that the black ferns were doing, their cultural capacity and the ability to connect in a way that every haka, I'm not sure if you knew, I didn't as but only because I realized, oh. It's a different type of haka, different one leading, you know, we yeah. all kind of, every haka was so well thought through. Um, the captain, Uruahe Demant, she, we actually roomed together for Barbarians. So I've been fortunate to play for Barbarians a few times. Yeah. We've broken records and things like that in Twickenham and Principality. 
But um, we room together, so we're very close. And I know her leadership, I know her, just the person she is, she's just just phenomenal. So she would, she led the first tucker, obviously, and then that was in the way that it needed in park. And then the next tucker was in Waitakere, which was Shame McMenahan's 50th game. So then culturally, then she led it, and then it was a different type of haka for where they were yep. in Waitakere. The next haka after that was in Whangarei, Te Tai Tokoro, and uh, Crystal Murray led that. That was where she's from and her people. Wow, Slightly different yeah. haka, you know, to acknowledge where they are. Then the next one was Eden Park. Um, again, so a different leader as well, and not necessarily the captain on the final. And just, you know, they led it that way. It was just, I just thought that that was such a beautiful cultural capacity to be able to think that through, deliver, perform on the pitch as well, play the house down in front of. But it's so honouring. And that's what I, I didn't know that, but to hear the amount of thought and process went and to acknowledge where they are and, and that's amazing. What a, what a beautiful story. Like, I'm not sure if the All Blacks do that, but no. like this is just the power of understanding culture, culture, what it means to people. But it's, it's culture and honour as well, yeah. because it goes, you know, they're honouring the people from that area. Or, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, sorry, that's just to add on to the, the whole sort of, um, you know, just discussion yeah. around why it's so important and the yeah. power that it has to connect, because yeah. that's also part of why yeah. that, along with having access to players, get their personalities out yeah. in the way that they won. All of that together has just yeah. made it such a powerful movement. Um, yeah. the, the Sorry, one more thing. I know you guys, I'll, I'll stop talking. But, um, no, 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 please. The, this, uh, is good. this is about you. So it's no, quite, it's, it's actually right. not about me. It's, I just want to acknowledge, like, because the other thing, the other side to it is that while the movement is finally happening around girls and women in sport, yeah. equal opportunity, it's also just the first time, I think, that boys and men are exposed to environments that they can learn how to support mm. girls and women in sport and mm. just girls and women in leadership roles and all sorts of things. So it's a wonderful time for everyone, just to, all of us, even myself included, always learning. Um, but I thought that that was, uh, there was a powerful, um, the VC for Cap Gemini, he's a, a Trevor up in Auckland. He sent me a photo, he sent us a photo of his son's 14th birthday, I think it was 14. And he had his friends around, so they're all around the couch watching the women's yeah, semi-final. Yeah. And the daughters on the couch, there was a full lounge yeah. of them watching. And it was just, that was a powerful photo in itself because it's just really important as well for boys. So also, yeah, obviously that's hugely valued as well as the mm. girls in this space. Yeah, no, it's been a, another transformational moment, I think, in our history over the last... Um, Last couple of months, really, and yeah, it, it it is that whole thing of you know young girls seeing these women playing and so on. But actually, for the whole country to see, gee, you know, this is real serious stuff, and 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 you know they're playing really well. You know, all the skills, all the, the passions there, and they're actually really enjoying it, which is probably a wee bit better than some of the All Blacks do along the way. So, yeah, that that was. Yeah, it was just great seeing the, just the pleasure the the players were getting. So it was great, fantastic. <laughs> so I've we've probably got about a million questions for you, but um, <laughs> over in Ireland, did you were you recognised? You could go out in town and people would know who you are from playing there, or did you, you know, from playing representing Ireland three times? Um, would you walk downtown, people call out your name or anything like that? How did that go? 
oh, I'm not sure how to answer that question. <laughs> I bet, but I bet people do that to you guys. No, not. <laughs> yeah. So no, yeah, but it, it was. Did the sport have quite a profile? You yeah. know, the the team, the members, yourself. Um, was there quite a profile in the community? Um. Yeah, there, there, there is, as it would be here for any of the girls playing here as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's always uh, the important element that naturally must come with your responsibility if mm. you're going to be an international player. Yeah. Yeah. And you, it's always, you know, person before the player as well. But the more you engage with the community, the more important it is for people to see you. Like part of your leadership is visibility. Yeah. And just seeing it, like can't see, can't be. That's so important. It's yeah. part of the work that I do anyway. So yeah, absolutely. It's it's not even about it's not about me. It's about the bigger picture of it yeah. and what that represents as yeah. a, a sport, as a athlete team, but as a community as well to inspire the next generation. That's. A lot of my teammates, former teammates, were also like that. Um, I was coming down to the airport here, and I was just telling my mum some funny stories—stories stories that I wouldn't really tell anyone else. But but you could tell a couple on the oh, podcast. Well, it's um, it's just between the three of us. <laughs> it was really funny. I, I was crossing the road to Atia. I was going to the um, IWG conference. We've had a World Rugby Summit conference. It's been quite a busy few weeks within the World Cup. Crossing the road, and they'd got lots of roadworks in Auckland. I remember the roadworks guys yelling at me. They were like, hey. And I was, I've crossed this road before. And I was like, I turned around. I was like, oh, because I was kind of rushing to the, the event. And I was like, oh, but I can, I can, but I'm allowed to walk here. And then they looked, they yelled. There's like three or four of them. They were like, there was an awesome World Cup. Good on you. And I was like, oh. And then I was like laughing at them. And I was like yelling out, yeah, the. The girls are amazing. They were like, yeah, they did. So we're having this conversation and yeah. walk through. I remember saying to mum at an airport coming down to Dunedin to come here and visit mum. And Hannah was picking me up from the airport. Mm-hmm. From Auckland down, guys, I stood up. I shake my hand. Oh, wow. Well done. Yeah. That was not me personally, yeah. just mm-hmm. the whole package, the mm-hmm. whole thing of the World Cup. Yeah. And that right there, I was like, that was wonderful. He was middle-aged, wonderful white man mm-hmm. who didn't know, you know, as in he was wonderful. No, no, as in from a, yeah. do you know what I mean? And then I had another demographic of different, Yeah. just, just it wasn't, again, oh, please, Lord, I hope this comes across no, the way no, that no, I no. hope it is. But no, no. my point it's, is, is that. It comes across, well, oh, it's just going to make a wee joke. And then when you said middle-aged white man, you looked at Gary. No, <laughs> And you you looked him dead in the eye, no, and, you said, I didn't. and so that's just where I was going with that. But other than that, you are coming across well. No, yeah. If you said young athlete, you would have looked at me. Middle aged <laughs> white man, you looked at Gary. So. so so anyway, you were part of something that was pretty amazing, and in yeah, it was great that people middle aged as well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, acknowledge that. Yeah, and and I think that. Yeah, it just symbolises the transformational um, perspective of it. So, yeah, well done being part of it. And, you know, it was great. It was because, you know, I'd started watching the, you know, the, the final and then you, your face pops up and it's like, wow. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was cool. It's, it's, it's that whole thing, you know, if you don't see it, you, you can't be it that you've mentioned before. 
but it's um, you know just saying, you know, here's someone I know, you know, someone that you know I've known for quite a number of years and so on, and one of our locals doing really well and just being part of something big. Thank you so much. And I hope <laughs> you guys are so funny, Damien, but I didn't mean it like that. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> I, I, I totally know what you mean. And I, I totally um, understand Damien's humour. Not, not many people do, to be fair. <laughs> anyway, carry on. You guys are awesome. Um, yeah, as you were saying, exactly that moment, I, I just, from an opportunity perspective, and you say, oh, do I reflect back on certain things? The way that the broadcast came together, we had to collaborate, so three and spark. But I kid you not, if it wasn't for the EPs, executive producers, for them to have that vision mm. of who they needed on the panel and who they wanted and those sorts of things, that also makes that also it was part of the success. So we had a responsibility to deliver to public in a way. Obviously, the players were incredible and excellent on the pitch. But um, yeah, I just wanted to shout out to Randall and John and Sumo, obviously, Scotty Stevenson, one of the biggest women and sport champions and icons there is. And I was so grateful to him as well. And then Sui Lears and their whole presentation team. So I just wanted to do mm. a shout out to them as well. Yeah, good on you. So, you know, the, um, like with the, the current Black Ferns, you, you will know a number of them. Yeah. Or, yeah. How, how have you played against them? Yeah. What, what's the relationship you have with um, the, the players in the current team? Mm. Yeah. Oh, they're just, they're phenomenal people and really you know privileged to be friends with some of them some of them I don't know haven't met but mm -hmm. yeah a lot of the um yep few of the the girls in there and managed to catch up uh, for dinner the week after they had won and before they went to Monaco for the World Rugby Awards very recently so it was good to just connect with them but um that's the whole thing with the the rugby you know like when I went to Ireland we still stay connected still support each other Barbarians was an incredible experience because you got to play alongside everyone from a different mm. country. So that's how I then strengthened those connections and relationships. So all of that added to me having an insight to uh, teams in the Northern Hemisphere and then certainly in the South and then certainly in the Black Ferns and then obviously with England in the final. Mm. I think I just, I didn't realise quite how busy you've been lately and I feel like we're almost stealing from your family time here in Omru, but I really appreciate you coming in and I just I so appreciate your story of where you've um, started and where you are now and I just know it's going to inspire so many young people, young um, young girls in our community who are going to listen, who were playing touch yesterday and they didn't even realise you were walking around. You know what I mean? But that's their journey. That was your journey a few years ago. Now that's their journey. There's that possibility of going on and doing great things. I have a few questions for you though. Um, got some good questions. Um, have you ever faced the haka and what was that like? Yes, I have. In Dublin, Ireland, yeah. we played the Black Ferns. It was powerful. Yeah, and uh, I acknowledged absolutely the privilege it was to face it and to play against New Zealand at that time. I was also very privileged that I had a job for Ireland. Yeah. yeah I just think in world rugby, like in rugby circles, whether it's female or male, um, I just facing against the haka nowadays would, wow, I've, you know, that's something you've seen as a child. doesn't matter what country. I remember when I was in America, people were wanting to know about the haka. So, yeah, so standing there facing it for you would have brought back a lot of memories, girls you've played against, girls you knew. But 
going out there, you were, yeah, it would have been quite an honour just to face that and did it bring a tear to the eye or had it, or you were focused on the game? Um, I, no, I, I sat with it as yeah. in I, I definitely acknowledged, yeah, 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 yeah. Cause, um, going into those games, you have to be clear minded. Yeah. So it's quite so. relaxed. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty focused on we, what mm. we had to do. Um, I remember I was felt very, very awkward to be honest, but the night before I was had the honour of presenting the jerseys to the squad. The coach had asked me to do it. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I, I did feel a bit like, oh, because, you know, team first, so I'm pretty relatively new to that team. So I was a bit, yeah. you know, so at the same time, I just remembered the message I gave just around this sister in um, where we were. We were shoulder to shoulder. That's what our island is, shoulder yeah, to shoulder. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, ready to go to war for yeah. my Irish sisters here, but acknowledge that I'm facing where I started. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That was special so time. powerful. Very good. Yeah. Do you have more questions? I've got a million questions. Okay. I feel like I, yeah. Um, and so you're busy now with um, Sky Sports and TV3. Is that going to be ongoing? Is that going to work into more work or was that sort of just a one-off or how does that go? Oh, from, Spark Sports. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Spark no, no, Sport. you're yeah. good. Yeah. And, and Sky's doing awesome too. Mm. They're, they're great. Mm. Like, um, But yeah, Spark and 3 are collabed yeah. for this yeah. project. Yeah. Um, but it was a... I was always going to be a short-term contract for, for these yeah. guys here and I'll yeah. continue on the other work I I um, have been doing just around the, yeah, what's doing the global game and yeah. strategy. So tell me what you're doing and where are you based now? So um, so I was um, head of strategic projects and research for international rugby players. So we collaborated with World Rugby on pretty much all aspects of the men's and women's game. Yeah, that's amazing. So, I didn't know that either. Gary, did you know that? No. No? <laughs> You've just dropped so it much. in. So explain that. What oh, that sorry. Is. No, so, yeah. I, so I was involved in it. I'd been working with them the last sort of 18 months to, to a couple of years. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So even before then, probably 2017 was my first taste that kind of play representation and um, collaborating with, with rugby and certain things on behalf of play associations. Okay. But yeah, I've, I've, I've moved on from then, but it's um, a role that I absolutely just. Yeah, it was just a, an honour to be part of yeah. and be involved in um, projects, uh, you know, like contact low guidelines as well with Joe Schmidt. So yeah. we collaborated on um, projects there. Conrad Smith was also part of International uh, Rugby Players and yeah. Rachel Burfer. So there's a good team there. Yeah. Um, so it was a really, really busy uh, last couple of years especially and it was around the time we had qualifiers for World Cup. So it was um, – it's one of those things that as women you, you have your day job, you – have to get your training in before and after work, got to get your family life in, which is also why it was so important that that World Cup is what it was because in the future girls wouldn't, shouldn't have to, you know, you know, manage all those million roles and perform for their country. Yeah. So, um, but, but yeah, in, in, in that space, I'm uh, still involved in uh, high performance strategy and, and commercial stuff as well. And is that based in Ireland? Are you going back there or is it based here in New Zealand? So we are uh, based in Ireland. I can still work from here though too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's there's other uh, pieces of work from a broadcasting perspective and wow. some opportunities with the Six Nations and things like that. So yeah, that's mm. exciting. Could be another Justin Marshall. Yeah. Well, well no. may, maybe better. Better. Okay. Better. Yeah, I think better. Yeah. No, I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um. You know, there's nothing quite like, um, you know, commentary where, you know, from people who have been there, who've done it, and know what they're talking about. And, yeah. You know, I think you, you 
show that on the night. Oh, you um, came across so well yeah, on the TV. Yeah. It was very good. Oh, please, God. I, I, I never watched <laughs> no. myself there. No. <laughs> Always open to feedback, cold yeah. review, cold review. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give you a cold review. No, it was, you, you come across, you you carried the passion. And uh, I think that's what come across. You were, Your eyes were alive when you were talking about it. So you, people knew that you were really invested in what you were talking about. And I think that, like Gary's saying, you, you knew the story you're invested in it and that really come across well. So we believe you represented North Otago on that stage and that, you know, so that's why we're proud to have oh, you on the podcast yeah. today because you are, you are who you are. You carry a part of North Otago. Wherever you go, you're one of us. You're one of oh. us. And we're, you can live in Ireland, but you're still a North Otago girl. Mm. And, um, yeah, so next time we're in Ireland, we'll be knocking on the door and wanting a bed or couch to sleep on, eh, Gary? Well, yeah, I mean, you, you take, take the that. What's for you guys? Thanks very much. Yeah. I mean, take take all that from Damien as a real compliment. I mean, I still live here and he tries to pretend that I don't. Um, <laughs> so he is on the individual. He was born in Waimati, so they can have him back. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Allman's anyway. from Waimati. He's still in Ireland. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, um, I want to just bring this back to family because um, – you know, from a, a pretty tough upbringing and so forth, um, a mum and, and aunties and so on who really built that foundation, um, siblings who have achieved in all sorts of different ways and, um, you know, well, you know, a cousin who's just got his degree, uh, Ralphie. Still got his too. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Did yeah. She? So, you know, some, um, yeah, it was been a bit of a scholarship program which has allowed um, some people to, to get academic qualifications and so on, which we've been involved in. So, you know, there's, there's um, you know, the achievements after sport as well as in sport. Um, Hana is obviously now Deputy Mayor and, um, yeah, probably should be doing my job really because she's so good. Um, yeah, so, you, you, you know, Real tribute to your mum, uh, you know, that she's brought up such great kids and uh, you've you all turned out really well. Oh, thank you very much for your kind words, Gary and Damien. Um, I must say, Gary, uh, Hannah's, she absolutely, and I'm not saying it because you're here, and she won't mind me saying this at all, but she absolutely loves working alongside you and she's learning lots from you too. And I think a lot of the leadership and transformational um capability that's happening is obviously through your leadership too and the way you guys collaborate with everyone. I, I must say also, when I came for the first ceremony for Hunter's induction as a counsellor, mm. to when it was a month ago, that mm. was huge. Mm. And to those listening, I, I remember very vividly, I, I'd done the, um, we handed some gifted you mats, fine mats yes. on our behalf of our family and community and Pacific kind of community. And then... The ceremony happened, which was beautiful. The councillors inducted and, and everything. And that was it. Mm. So now, in the ceremony that was very recently, we had cultural performances from intermediate school, Waitaki girls, we had some Waitaki boys there. We had a prayer from our minister, um, St. Paul's Church, uh, Rose, who's wonderful. Mm. We had just, it was, and I, I, I mean, no offence at all, absolutely not. But just the way that that cultural capacity is carried out, very similar to the haka, mm. the honouring and the acknowledging of that, that'll bring the people to you. Mm. Yeah. I think my enduring moment um, was basically we, we, we do all the swearing in and then we have a little uh, a, a little council meeting and so on. Some official stuff goes on, but 
you know, that's where I nominated Hana to be my deputy and, you know, talked about that for a little bit and um, I, I put it to a vote and all those in favour say, all right, you know, for the councillors, the new councillors to be able to, to vote on it. From the audience, there's a <laughs> big shout out. I from <laughs> some of Hannah's fan club. It was, it was, it was cr- quite cruel. Um, it, just, just so awesome to be part of. And, you know, it's just that whole passion that, um, that you know, support. So, yeah, I mean, that, that was special. But, um, yeah, back to your mum. Um, you know, Hannah talked about, you know, times where, you know, the your mum and others would be off talking to other groups around the country and so on. And um, occasionally she might be sent off uh, on a bus to go and talk to others as a um, as a teenage girl. So, yeah, it was, it was just a very different upbringing to what most of us have had in, in, in that respect of, of, you know, of community leadership that was being shown. So I don't know whether you want to add anything to that, but it's just that was just pretty awesome. The special thing, honestly, Gary, thank you for just acknowledging and just understanding. Like, it's not many people can do that as a mayor. Thank you. I remember very vividly as a young girl, and I only thought about it, like, the last few years. Everything started with, you know, the whole Pacific Island community group. Back in the day, I was very young. started with mum, auntie, their friends around a table. That's how it started. And what is governance now? people around the table. So it was just, that for me is quite remarkable, just, you know, and all of them were single mums too. <laughs> single mums, all the kids, and how do we, you know, bring our kids together in a way that, you know, help them thrive. And that's also why testaments are just, I'll go, 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 because I was raised that way. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, yeah, absolute tribute to your mum and, and everyone and to all the work that you've done because you didn't get where you are now, accidentally. Um, takes a lot of work and, and effort and all those trips to Dublin and everywhere else that you've been to. So well done. Thank you very much. And I think it's probably a good note to to wrap up on. So Yeah. Yeah, thank you for coming in and thank you for sharing your story. And um, it's so good hearing your passion. I think your passion will come through the podcast too. So um, I feel honoured. I know you're very busy and I know you're here to catch up with family. So uh, Gary and I really appreciate you taking the time and coming and talking to us. But actually, your story is important because it's another journey in North Otago that makes this place so great. So thank you for making that time because it just means you invest in the community and the community will keep you know, investing into those young ones and, you know, those young rugby players, netball players or academics, whatever it is, that's what we want to see. So thank you for coming in. Thank you and all the best. Thank you, guys. I've learned a lot, Gary. Yes. Yeah, no, um, it's a pretty cool family and, yeah, the things that Sandy's achieved has been so cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. And where they've come from to what they've achieved and what they're passing on to the next generation. See, that's what I like. It's, yeah, so um, I really enjoyed listening. And, um, yeah, I think there might be other members of the family, Ralph and Hannah <laughs> and a few others. We need to get on the podcast one day too. What do you think? Uh, I think, uh, yep, we've got a, quite a wee line-up there. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a big-sized family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, great, great stories. Thanks very much. Thanks, Gary. We'll talk to you next week. Cheers.